I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, welcome to another episode of the SC Report as we preview round 14. It's when and here. JT, I thought that I'd finally left the podcast and moved on to other things, but you've you've pulled me back in. Why? Oh, the punters want it, mate. Everyone, uh, they've been missing your voice somehow. I have to hear it every day, as you said before, but um, no, apparently you've got some fanboys out there. So no, it's been a long time and you're soaring up the rankings. So why not get you back while you're hot? Yeah, it's a good time, isn't it? Um, how did you go on the weekend? Yeah, not too bad, man. I did a three or thirteen twenty or something like that. Shoot me up into the um, into the top one k, I think, for the first time this year. <laughs> I was not doing that on on Sunday. I should have said though, I prefer being in the passenger seat this week, much like uh, our good mate Benny G should have been when he touched his phone at a red light on his way to Ashgrove Golf Club on Sunday. Thousand dollar fine, four points later. Yeehaw, indeed. Just receiving um, some of those Seabold rumours, was he? Oh, jeez. Well, I didn't think we were going to mention the S word on this one. Allegations. Uh, allegations and just horrific ones at that. Um, yeah, it's just uh, it's amazing some, t- some of the time that people have to be making up some of this crap and, um, yeah, hopefully none of it's true. Well, that's it. He's a human being at the end of the day and it's just a football game at the end of all of it. So, yeah, hopefully it's uh, obviously nothing as serious as some of the stuff that's get, gets getting thrown around. But anyway, enough about that. How's your super coach going? That's what we're there for. Well, I think the only thing that I'd say on it is, um, and and not to, to keep talking about it any further than what we need to, but what I would say is that with regards to the site, I'll make it clear now to everybody on the podcast that if there's any rumours spread um, on the NRL Supercoach site in the chats or in the forums, it'll be an immediate ban. So just putting that out there clear, um, that's going to the lawyers now, that's that's what's happening and um, do yourself a favour and, and don't be resharing or posting any of the stuff because you might find yourself in trouble and, and do not even think about putting it on the website. So I think that's that's just to leave it there, JT, but just wanted to make that, that clear. I'm usually much nicer than that. Jeez, I'd never yell at the listeners like that. Oh, I'm not going to because they're all respectful and <laughs> not going to do anything silly, but just setting the standards of what we are uh, well, lifting them maybe from what we normally would produce on this, this show, JT. It's all downhill from here, I think. Yeah, we're a professional podcast, mate. In your absence, we might have let that slip. So, yep, yeah, Daddy Wenon back at the helm. Daddy Wenon. Daddy, well, Daddy's just worried about a legal letter coming to him one day, so let's just prevent that. <laughs> <laughs> Super coach, mate. How's it going? Oh, I don't know. Um, yeah, not too bad, mate. Um, I've I've somehow moved about twenty thousand spots in the rankings up to um, top twelve thousand, or roughly around the twelve thousand mark at the moment. So, uh, having a bit of fun over the last few weeks, and a few moves that I've made um, have gone pretty well, um, except for the months of trading last weekend, of course. And I've got some some trades that I'm I'm pretty keen on, as we're going to talk about later later on the show. Um, that I think hopefully will catapult me more into that top 10,000. Let's jump into, um, well, hang on, we can't get off with quickly talking about um, Kirkup, one of the uh, the co-founders of the site who uh, retired at the end of last year, is sitting 168th overall, doing very, very well this year. Yes, he's fallen back in the rankings, but that's okay. He's having a cracking year, but uh, we need to discuss Wilfred. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. I've added him added him to this run sheet here. Um, I think he's just got a wooden spoon in everything rugby league for him right now. The poor bloke must be in in disarray. He might have a, a very stiff scotch with him at the moment because his boy TPJ uh, out the door by the looks. So that's just mm. it's just going from bad to worse. The super coach isn't much chop this year and his poor beloved Broncos are in an absolute heap 
So uh, welfare check on, on Wilfred there. Hope you're okay, champion. And uh, all the best. TPJ will be uh, shining and up at the Gold Coast in soon enough, quick time next year. So you can follow him there. Best club in Queensland. Absolutely. Well, the, the next Dave Taylor, mate, it could be up at the, uh, the Central Coast or the Central <laughs> Queensland, whatever they were. The Capras, the Mighty Mighty Capras. Yeah, that, uh, that, that jersey was not slimming on Big Dave, but uh, oh well. Yeah, funny times, hey. Um, okay, well, um, I'm glad I'm back because the Movember bets have been absolutely stinking up of late, JT. What have you been doing? I know some of our guests, have, we have to take their bets and accept them, but we've we've had a couple of stinkers in the past few weekends, and I think we're down to about $200 in the kitty, which is still good considering we started with 100 but we're going to fight back this weekend. What are we going to do with your bet? Mate, I've gone on a Queen, all Queensland affair on uh, on Saturday night. You might uh, go into a bit more detail what we're doing there, but Saturday night we're going to hit the town and watch all three Queensland teams get up. And eighty, oh, we'll be watching Carlton versus Fremantle. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> Is that some sort of uh, lower league, rugby league thing or something? Hey, you're a new member. Congratulations! I haven't actually signed up yet. I told you I would, mate. But uh, yeah, that's in the mail. But yeah, all uh, <laughs> all three Queensland teams. Who would have thought paying eighty five dollars uh, all on Saturday? So could be an interesting one there. Could be uh, could be hitting the town somewhere special if that one gets uh, gets up. But we'll see. That's where my uh, my shares go on this week. Yep, bad places might head to uh, one of the proud sponsors of uh, one of the weekly posts, <laughs> Honeybees. Uh, Andrew Milgate's biggest fan. Well, we might come up, and, you know. Wild animal, that Milgate. Well, we got we got Gil coming along, and, and he's like going to be a dog off a leash. He's going to not going to be able to control himself. He's going to be chomping at the bit. No, we, need- uh- <laughs> we need uh, Papa VK to be up there with us to make oh, sure. We need, we need VK. <laughs> we need yeah, we got Yes, we do. Anyway, so um, we'll we'll put half a unit on that, JT. I think that's paying 85 bucks. So we'll put that equates to about $2.50. So let's try and build our bank up with that. Um, I've got two best bets of the weekend, but my uh, first one's the Titans plus 10 at $1.90. I think that they've been playing some really good footy um, of late and, and um, the Sharks are giving them that line and I don't think the Sharks are that good. So um, I'm backing the Titans at the line. And, and the next one is uh, Sivo and, and Nofo for any time try scorer, um, multi them two together. I think that's paying about $2.47. So Sivo against the Dragons and then Nofo against the Bulldogs. I'm pretty happy. Uh, with that one, um, so we'll put ten dollars each on on those, and and just hopefully we can get back to where we were a few weekends ago. Yeah, that's it. We started with an absolute flurry; it's fallen away. But November, uh, we'll uh, got plenty of time between now and then. I'm sure, we'll build it up. We do. Okay, let's move into the TLT news. Uh, I know when you sent through the uh, the run sheet, mate, you missed a couple of uh, of of some of the big ins, um, mainly. Uh, Pappenhausen, who comes straight back into the Storm side. Um, what are your thoughts there? Is he someone that you might be targeting for the run home or do you think he's just run his dash, particularly no. with a Munster and also a Smith out of the side? No, I think he's just probably done his dash. I think he's burned a lot of owners this year. I mean, even though we saw Nico Hines step into the role last week and score 102 or whatever, um, obviously the Storm are in a, in a bit of good form, but uh, without Munster and that, it might be they might struggle for a bit of attacking flair. So uh, I'd, I'd hold off, and particularly because I've already got Tedesco and, and Ponga. So I think based on how they're going, I don't think there's any need to uh, to muck around too much with the side. But um, I don't know if you're chasing points or something like that. Pappenhausen's basically a pod these days with anyone still playing. So um, no, you could do worse. But um, no, personally looking elsewhere. So you got Ryan Madison back after missing a couple of weeks with a concussion. Daniel Saifidi is back after, I think he had, what, about a month out with a, an injury. Corey Norman back uh, after being dropped last week. Your boy, Scotty Drinkwater, into um, fullback. So what happens there with the hammer? Move straight to wing. So it's probably where he should be parked for now. He's, he's been given a fair go at fullback. Uh, young body, couldn't quite keep up, but um, yeah, lethal on the wing. And as long as Scott Drinkwater doesn't have to make a tackle at uh, fullback, will be much better for that run. But, uh, oh, geez, he was an ordinary defender in the line. Anyway, Cowboys are back. <laughs> are we done? <laughs> yeah. There you go. There we go. All right, so you got Sewer back for the Rabbitohs and Surinan and Thompson returned for the Seagulls, so that's a big in for them. Interesting one for the Seagulls too is the Martin Tapao has been named despite that nasty head knock last week. Apparently he was still having headaches uh, up until as late as yesterday, so um, I think he, he must be very, very doubtful. Um, any other ins there, mate, or we, we capture them all? 
No, I think that's probably it. Um, yeah, there's some randoms floating around the bench, but nothing else much to note. It's pretty, it's pretty simple, teamless Tuesday. I'm very happy with that because I'm about to write the analysis straight after this podcast. So um, thank you, Supercoach Super Gods, for that one. Um, big out. So we've got no Smith and Munster for the Storm. Um, however, they come up against a Rooster side but still lacking a lot of their legitimate gun players. Yeah, well, that's it. Flanagan, I don't know if we'd call him a legitimate gun, but uh, at least in Supercoach, he turned the corner this year, uh, really kicked on, but um, for whatever reason, just fallen out of favour. So, uh, Lockie Lambs won his spot over him. So, Flano, he's out, um, which was probably good news for any Takiaho owners. Uh, goal kicking rests with him. Yeah, STO, TKO, whatever you want to call him. But, uh, yeah, he'll get the goal-kicking duties for another week at least. But, again, no no Crichton and Beamoz. So, they were looking like they might be um, – so, Crichton, Beamoz and Corden, I should say. They were looking like possible ins this week, but um, still keeping them on ice. But, um, yeah, you'd imagine all those days at, uh, as a super coach option are probably numbered once they get back. But, um, yeah, still, still waiting. They're being very, very cautious this year, the old chooks. They have been, and it's probably a good thing they know the, pro- the ultimate prize is in October, November, December, whenever the grand final is going to be this year. But um, they're sitting pretty, very pretty at the moment. Uh, it's a tough test for them this weekend with a lot of those um, guns out. But let's, it's going to be – I was actually looking at the tips beforehand. I've got no idea which way to go. So obviously the Storm are missing a lot of stars themselves, um, but then so are the Roosters. So it'll be an interesting game and a great one for a Thursday night. Um, so you've got – no Alex Twal as well, so he still hasn't been named. So I know NRL Physio was tweeting that he's back today. Poor boy. Um, probably getting champed again, poor fella. Um, and the big news of the day is that Tevita Pangai is gone out and um, could have played his last game for the Broncos if the reports uh, in the Courier-Mail to be, to be believed. Mm, 36% of his games over the last like, two or three years, he's been out on the sidelines. So value for money, not quite there. So, yeah, just another week where TPJs are not fronting up. Talk us through the big uh, shuffles of the week, JT. Well, we mentioned Corey Norman coming back into the halves, which pushes uh, Benny Hunt into hooker and moves Cam McInnes to basically full-time lock. So we did spend a lot of time there over the last week or so, uh, last couple of weeks. But, um, yeah, it's an interesting one. He's just been moved around so much, it's really hard to get a read on him this year. Um, I know he, he this move to lock for McInnes sort of opens him up more from a, a running perspective, can get the busts and the offloads and stuff that he wouldn't normally get running out of dummy half. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I was, I was having a quick look over his stats, seeing if he's um, really a, a must-have gun in the in the run home and we'll talk a bit about him but I just couldn't work work it out I haven't owned him all year um been meaning to been meaning to but um just not sure whether now's the time but uh we'll see uh, probably another week to look at him anyway and uh Braden Willie Army speaking of the dragons <laughs> could be an absolute AE nightmare this one but he moves on to the extended reserves his long-awaited return from injury so it might uh, sting a few super coaches if Mary does a does his usual back line member on the bench thing but um yeah be very wary if you've got you and Aitken either in your side or as an option because uh we know mary likes to play silly buggers with him uh csc vitalikai is still holding down his second row forward spot over Britton nakora who's fallen out of favor not sure what the go mm. is there uh Talakai played 80 minutes last week i know he's got a big fan in rob sutherland from the daily telly uh loves his work big unit Name drop. <laughs> there you go, name drop. Uh, yeah, big unit, CSF, but uh, getting through the minutes, getting a lot of juice in those legs. So very interesting play there. Um, you mentioned Hamizo to the wing. Um, I don't think he's got many owners still left in the game, but uh, if you do, you're probably a bit wary of that one. Time to move on. Uh, Benny Teo for your Bronx into the second row, I think, for the first time since he's returned. So Jordan Riki, uh, another name I hadn't seen until this week, is coming onto the bench, second row Play, forward. Playing his, playing his first game, um, but also as a, a potential dagger for those that have targeted him as a, enough as well. So he was a... Um, bottom price, cheapy, hasn't played a game yet and may catch a few teams out. So just be careful not to trade him in. Yep, interesting times ahead. I don't know what, what really that does for Paddy Carrigan. I know um, without TPJ there who was playing 80 minutes, whether this opens up Carrigan for more of a um, time spent on there. But you've got Matty Lodge and Jaffa and Goway on the bench as well. Um, so we know they like to play Payne Haas for 80 minutes. Tom Flegler doesn't get too many, so they'll rotate him out. Whether that means, uh, you know, Carrigan got a very, very underwhelming Whelming 43, I think, minutes on the park last week. Mm. Uh, you'd yeah. hope, given all this goings on with the Broncos, like, 
who knows what's going to happen. Uh, whether Payne Haas starts to get more of a rest in the back end when you know, your season's already gone, he's a young bloke. Uh, probably all everyone's advising him not to play him 80. If that's the case, I mean, it's good news for Carrigan. But, um, yeah, I'm not, not, I just have no idea what we're going to see on, on Saturday night while we're on to our 28th beer for the night. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> it was a big suspenseful side. That's it for my big shuffles, mate. You're, I, I figured you'd have done the team list analysis by this time, so you'd have all the uh, all the things I've missed on this. But uh, no, no, I, I haven't had time. It's been a busy day at work, so I'm going to do that afterwards. Um, I think the only thing, yeah, Carrigan is the really interesting one. I was looking to trade him out, but I think I'm just going to hold him for now and shift him into my second row in the hope that with um, Pangai out, he does creep up to that 60, 65 minute mark. Because if he does get that, he's going to be a Pretty handy 18th, 19th man, I think. Um, okay, so that's it for the news. And um, before we move into the main part of the podcast, which is going to be all focused around trades, got a few really uh, interesting little subheadings here, particularly looking at um, center wings, also um, what we do with Cameron Munster, and uh, going to have a think about whether it's the right time to be tra- trading the likes of John Bateman and Ryan Madison, even though they've got very high BEs. But before we do that, let's just take a really quick break and we'll be right back. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Okay, so let's focus in on the center wing. And you've called it here the center wing mess. What do you mean by that? I just don't know who to pick week to week. Like it's um, normally by this stage of the year, we've got a fair few guns absolutely locked and loaded. Uh, maybe a few second row center wing jewels and that kind of thing. We can just pad it out, um, pick a really like pod sort of guy that you can play on matchups and that kind of thing. But this year, it's just a mystery. Um, so I've split them up here. So in terms of our center wings going forward, I've broken them down into locks, guys we just everyone should probably have at this stage of the year. In your fourth center wing, uh, those that have got a really high floor, you can sort of trust playing them week to week. And then the guys we want to sort of fill in around them. So your matchup plays and then you're just out and out pods. Guy that uh, has been down, down and out, but could have a good game uh, here and there. So I think for the locks, and let me know if you agree and we can move on. Well, maybe maybe before we move on to that, who are you running at the moment as your top four or five um, center wings? So I've got Lomax, Isaiah Yo, Nofo, and uh, I've been running Josh Adokar the last couple of weeks. So I'll probably keep him for, for this week, even with that game against the Chooks. They're a bit underdone. Um, so no keeping him around. But um, yeah, so those three first names I mentioned there. Actually, no, what are you, who are you running, Mr. 12,000? So I've got the three big ones that we're going to be speaking about um, as well. So Yo, Lomax, and Nofo. Brought in um, Katoa two weeks ago um, with the Sharks. Nice run home. However, it was... Uh, fairly annoyed that he's now switched to that left wing, so I'm not sure what to do with him. I'll give him another run against the Titans this week, and then I'm still running with Best um, as my fo- as my fifth centre wing on the bench. So I'm saving that trade uh, for possibly a, a Mike Ocevo, um in a couple of weeks once he falls in price and and passes that Melbourne Storm game. Um, so that's that's what I'm running with at the moment. But let's jump in because. There's a few names here that I'm pretty interested in if I can possibly make the move. So um, we probably don't need to spend too much time on the, the three guys that majority of people will have as the our definite keepers for um, the centre wing, uh, but I'll let you just talk through those. Yeah, so Isaiah Yo and Norfoluma sort of go without saying, but um, one maybe some people will have an issue with Zach Lomax. I've had him down there as a, a keeper. I think he's been up for far too long. I think um, if you've missed the boat on him at the start of the year, you sort of, kicking yourself now he's had one down week and everyone sort of um got a bit 
down on him, but uh, we saw what he can do last week, um, 100 plus. The only issue is his, his knee's heavily strapped these days, so hopefully he can see the, the year out. But I think with his floor and his goal kicking and the way that the Dragons love him to spread the ball wide, both him and Aitken, I think he's got far too many attacking opportunities in his arsenal. So I've got him there as a keeper. I think you can play it safe uh, with him. Uh, I've loved the work he's done. So those are the three I've got there as out-and-out keepers. I think most sides should just stick them in and, and then, yeah, you're running with the pack then. The the only thing I'd say, so I've ha- had, I think, David Nofalumis since about round three or round four. And the only thing that I'd say about him is that his run home is extremely difficult. Um, he, they haven't played the Roosters. They haven't played the Storm. They haven't played Parramatta yet. They come up against them in the final, um, final six weeks or so of the season. If you look at what he's produced against top... Um, four or five sides. Um, the Knights, he's produced 59 and 58. Parramatta, um, 70. Um, and then outside, and then Penrith, uh, 40 points. Outside of that, they've had a really, really good run of games and, and probably has been the best fixture in reality um, in the league. So for those that are jumping on uh, at the moment, uh, below 600K, I would probably just, all I'd say is he's a great shout with a low, a low, um, a low um, well, I'd say that he's probably, even depending with the base stats and everything, he's going to have a pretty high floor. Um, but I would just maybe temper the expectations going forward with him past this game against the Bulldogs. This could potentially be his big crack at it. Um, comes up against the Roosters and Penrith the two weeks following. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one. As you said, he's had a, a bit of a mix in terms of who he's faced. Um, not playing the Roosters and Storm is a bit of a tough one to get a gauge on him. But I think just the work that he does out there, I've called him the guy that you hate to not own. And uh, I stick stick by that. I've stuck him in from round 10 against you guys, and then he's just kicked on ever since. Um, I mean, even last week, tough old game. They lost by 40 points, and he still racked up nearly 60 um, that's just pure base. So, I mean, he's he's going to, well, with the line rack, I should say, but he's, got, um, he's just got that attacking Arsenal to him. Uh, even when he doesn't score, he's still going to go near 60-plus, which is just huge for a centre wing. Um, I think it's it's so valuable. If you're sticking a risky guy in his place that could go, you know, 20 or 30, you, you, that 20 or 30 points could really be the difference in a close head-to-head or whatever it might be with rankings. So I think just to play it safe, get, get a guy like Nofo in. Um, he's 600k for a reason. He hasn't really dipped so far this year, which shows how consistent he's been. So no, I, I mean, I see the tough run, but um, conversely, he you know he's still a good shout for 60 any old week, given the, what he does out there. Okay, so I like what you've done here. You've, our next category is the fourths, or so the fourth center wing who we're going to be bringing in, and the guys with the high floors. Um, Run me through that list. There's some interesting name names in there, and, and I think there's probably a few that um, would interest a, a number of other people. Yeah, I don't actually own any of these guys. So Josh Adakar isn't in this because his floor is terrible. But um, yeah, a guy that's really shot up the rankings, Ewan Aitken, he's, he's number one on this list here as a guy that people would be looking at for fourth. Um, only interesting thing, I mean, he's been killing it since he's um, been shown a bit of faith by Mary and gotten that locked down center spot they love going down his side as um we've seen he loves coming in for work he's doing all the right things you want to see out of a center wing similar to nofo he just loves getting the grunt work done only thing is then you're doubling up in dragon center wings which um i mean looking at them they've both gone large as the other has so that hasn't really been an issue but i guess optically it doesn't always look the best when you've got two of the same team particularly in your center center wing yeah, and I probably wouldn't be that keen now with Willie Arme also on an extended mm. bench as well. And you, know, you can't trust Mary McGregor, I think. Yeah, that's, that's fair. And, and as well with, with Aitken, he's got a very extensive injury history. So yeah, it's a bit of a risky play to buy him. But again, it's a risk with anyone, I, I guess, at the end of the day. It's a it's a game of luck. But um, no, you and Aitken, he's been doing all the right things. I know he's got a lot of fans um, looking at him this week, especially. But um, no, he's, he's number one on the floor list there. Another one, Josh Mansell. So uh, definitely fallen out a bit of favor with the emergence of Stephen Crichton. And all the ball that Crichton's getting just does not find its way out to Mansell. So he's got to be coming in off the, off the wing looking for work to um, really boost his score. But in a side like the Panthers, um, they've got attacking weaponry all over the park. So a guy like Mansell, we know what he can do. He's got a very, very safe game to him, loves to tackle bust, all that sort of stuff. So even when he's not scoring, he's uh, he's going well. But I think um, from, from listening to some owners that have got him, I think the frustration of having Crichton inside of him and, and just not spreading the ball uh, seems to be doing their head in. So whether you want to jump on that ship, I'm not too sure. But again, he's a safe play. 
And as we mentioned, Stephen Crichton, I've got him on this list as well. He's been up for a very long time, and we know he's uh, obviously not got a pedigree in this game because he's quite new to it in terms of uh, Supercoach and NRL. But, um, yeah, the, the Panthers are just going from strength to strength. So you're getting them sort of on on the up. But, again, Crichton's sort of at a peak. But um, is he one you've thought of? I know he's just skyrocketed in price. You've missed that initial boat, which can hurt. But do you just overlook that and, yeah, strike while the iron's hot? Yeah, so I was having a bit of a look at him um, just before the podcast because he's someone that um, I haven't really, I guess, spent too much time looking at because he's kind of come from the clouds um, potentially this year. And um, it's a shame that he hasn't got the goal kicking anymore with Cleary back in the side. But price at 553k, the, the only thing that I that kind of puts me off a little bit um, is just whether he really has that high upside. Um, that draw home is so appealing. Mm. Um, I'd say there's only one real challenging game in there with the the, the eels. So uh, I think you have to to pick up either him or Mansell, um, and even a, a Brian Toto if he comes back into the lineup as well, because they play the Warriors this week: Sharks, Tigers, Broncos, Cowboys, Bulldogs to finish the season, and then they have the Eels in round 18. So I think you've got to probably have um, one of those Panthers guys in your back line, and um, if Katoa stays in that left edge um, this weekend, I'm, I'm seriously considering making that shift next weekend to, to maybe a Crichton. Uh, it's probably the smart play, I think. Um, comes up against the Sharks, and then it's a very easy run home. So, yeah, there's a lot to like about him. He's been very, very consistent since about round eight. Yeah, scored in every single game, round six onwards, um, with a couple of double-ups in there as well. So, I mean, he, he's due a down week, but uh, with some of those matchups coming through, you just cannot see this Penrith train uh, faltering. Yeah, don't disagree. So, um, but they, they just look so good, and they're going down that edge um, a hell of a lot as well. So, um, between the two of them, um, you might as well have one with the the chance of upside. Um, don't mind them. Um, Munster does come with about a hundred thousand uh, discount on on him though. Mansell. 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 <laughs> it's been a long day. Next on the yeah, list here. Um, next on the list is a guy that uh, has had a bit of a shuffle around of his own in the last week. Kurt Man. Um, yeah, a weird scoring situation over the weekend. They didn't give him a, a try assist out of dummy half, which sort of pissed a lot of people off. But um, without it, he got a 53-odd. So similar to a guy like Isaiah Yo, he's a hooker playing in the center wing spot. So obviously getting a huge amount of base. And the Knights, they you know, killed it over the weekend. They've been a bit up and down, a bit scratchy, particularly against the, the poorer sides. But um, Kurt Mann, um, been avoiding him all year, and he's just kept up there. So he was killing it at 5'8", looks handy enough at um, Hooker, probably going to take away some of those attacking stats. So he's not going to go massive, but again, a, a safe pair of hands. Um, probably too expensive for me though. But um, Well, yeah, I mean, so last week was his first game at Hooker and 51 points. I think that may be putting people off a little bit as well. Yeah, but quite easily could have been 70 um, or there about 65 if the scorers were kind. But um, anyway, so I won't turn this into a scoring chat. Um, Bemoz, next on my list here, a uh, guy that we've probably forgotten a little bit about, but before the run, before the injury, I should say, he was on an absolute tear and um, just scoring at will every single week. Roosters were um, a bit, a bit, I don't know, down since he's gone out. So with him back, you'd imagine the Roosters would have a pretty fresh um, side at that stage of the year. So for the back end of the year, when you'd imagine the Roosters are peaking, um, I wonder if he's a guy that people start um, thinking about so, all this uh, this back injury and that sort of thing. He's a, he's an old man, but uh, 147 break even. If uh, yeah, I don't know. You're backing him in for a big end of the year when he eventually comes back. He could be a, a fantastic shout, a great pod. Bmos love. Look, I did, um, but at that price and the the break even, it, it's a it's a challenge. And also with the injury, thankfully misses the storm this weekend, and then has the Tigers, Broncos. Um, after that so he's back for those two games could be worth a shout uh, but then the rest of the season there's probably only they're, they're, it's a bit of a challenging run home for the Roosters really um, although they'll probably have their full side back and they're that much better it might not make a difference but the Raiders Knights Sharks and Souths to finish off the season so um, he's had a bit of a rest I think and um, could be prime but at that price I'm definitely waiting a little bit before um, before he drops down Fair cool uh, last one on the list here. I'm not sure whether I should have put him in here with high floor. Uh, Joe Fitz will probably see to that. But um, Latrell Mitchell, 
Actually, no, I've got another one after this, but Latrell Mitchell, he's uh, turned it around a little bit over the last couple of weeks. Uh, looked a hell of a lot more interested than he has done in quite some time last week against you guys. Um, line break there, I think a try assist. But um, got a very handy run coming up here. So I know a lot of people jumped off in that suspension as your dog gets uh, involved. But um, I, I flicked him on and thought never again in that um, two-week suspension he copped there. But um, Latrell, lazy old Latrell, break even 37 this week. But against my boys, they'll probably ton up. Um, any love from you? No, none at all. I'm happy to stay away from um, Latrell this year. After this game, it's a pretty difficult run home um, for um, the Rabbitohs. So uh, they've got the Seagulls, Eels, Storm and Tigers before a, a good game against the Bulldogs, but then they finish the season up against the um, the Roosters. And given where the Roosters are in the ladder, they'll be having their full contingent in for that game and it's going to be pretty challenging. So, um, no, I'm not interested in um, Latrell despite the price. Um, yes, he could go big this week, but... Um, I think that it's a pretty tough run home for, for the South guys. Oh, fair call. I think if you've held on to him, though, you'd um, absolutely keep him around. I don't know. I kind of like um, would like to see a turnaround in attitude from him. And if it takes some of the bigger sides to bring that out, uh, it could be good for a super coach. And then finally, the name on the list here I've had, we spoke briefly about him. It's CC for Talakai. Second week in a row now, he's got the starting second row spot. 350-odd K break even in the single digits. Um, I mean, Week to week, Isaiah, yo, we, we talked about him. It's a safe pair of hands in the second row there. Um, I love his game from a super coach perspective. Loves an offload, loves getting involved as well. Um, scored a 68 in the centers against you guys a couple of rounds ago, 56 in the wet, horrible conditions last week against Para. Um, again, it's a high floor. It's probably a low risk but um, low reward kind of play. But at a 340K price tag for a starting second rower, available at centre wing. I mean, it's not the worst shout. If you had to sell a guy down, downgrade him and uh, find the money elsewhere, you could um, definitely get a, a Talakai into your side, I reckon. Yeah, not for me as long as Nakora is, is floating around um, the reserves. I think it's too much of a risk with um, plenty of other trades that people need to make. If we knew that he was locked into that edge spot, sure. But um, one bad game and Nakora is back into that side. But again, I mean, it's his price is going to go up. So worst case, if that was to happen, it's a one-week play and he's got the Titans this week um, who really showed up last week. But um, no, it could be a sneaky little week for him. I won't mention the D word. I was about to say it, but uh, we get in trouble if we mention draft on this pod, don't we? But uh, we do. <laughs> in that other game, we, we shall not name. Sorry, Jeff. Uh, but yeah, he'd uh, be a good shout in that one. And anyway, next plays. Those are the safe sort of guys, I reckon. Um, lower risk. I've got matchup plays here. I've got a few guys here. One of the ones in that list is one I'm carrying, Josh Adokar. Um, if he doesn't score, uh, usually doubling, double up scores, he really does not score well in this game. Um, but against the poorer sides, he invariably does get across the line. It's just how the Storm play. Um, and, you know, it's, it's good to get a center wing in these sort of gun sides. We talked about the Penrith, the Roosters, um, even Parramatta. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about another guy on that side. But, um, yeah, Josh Adokar, wouldn't be jumping on him now. But um, I know a few people like me picked him up for the, his handy couple of, of games here. Um, I'm thinking about just leaving him in, um, in my center wing for the rest of the year and just flicking him in when I need to, when he's got a good matchup or uh, resting him when not. But um, I don't know. I think I've, I've made a, a bit of saving with nothing throughout my side. So a guy like Josh Adokar in a, against a pretty handy opposition could be pretty lethal. But um, what do you reckon? Am I wasting a spot? Oh, I think I think so now. So he faces the Roosters and Eels up against up in the next two weeks. So that's going to be a pretty challenging spot for him. And then Manly, who is starting to play well too. Um, so uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I would probably think you're wasting the spot, particularly um, with the next two fixtures to come. It's a classic winner, mate. You've uh, told me how shit the Sea Eagles are for weeks, and then they just got done by the Warriors, and now you're saying they're looking good. So I don't know. Well, I reckon. Well, the reason being for that is that um, Turbo could be back pretty soon, mate. I'm just absolutely talking shit as well. I haven't watched a game in a couple of weeks, so. <laughs> oh, the Kirk up effect. Maybe that's why you're uh, flying up the rankings. Well done. But uh, no, Adokar, definitely not buy, but um, more than happy to keep him around. Probably not for the next couple of weeks. But um, anyway, I'll flick him in when he's got uh, your side of mine. Mike Acevo, next on the list here for matchup plays. Hasn't he fallen well away at a, um, what was it, a seven a couple of weeks ago? A 31 in the absolute pouring rain last week. 
Poor that, Nick. That yeah, poor Nick. That's uh, although you know TBJ and, and the Sevo's got him up there to where he was. They could uh, well Sevo could get him back there, but um, no. As you talked about briefly, you're looking or eyeing Sevo off for a buy after this 119 break even moves out. Um, but yeah, he's I don't know. I, looking at what he did against my side earlier in the year and just the way that the Eels can can attack. Um, yeah, with with. Moses back now. Last week was a write-off. Um, the dogs game at A and Z. That's just bizarre. I don't know what how that seven got in his uh, his average there. But um, before that, he's been a handy enough play each week. So I reckon underpriced, well and truly, he's a genuine option. I'm with you. I reckon I'm going to get him in if not uh, next week, the week after. But um, I mean, he's got the storm in, in round 15. So maybe after that game against Souths, round 16 might lock him in. But um, yeah. Absolutely, I think Supercoach Gold has him around about 350k by that stage as well. So, um, um, although they do have a projected score in the 40s next week, so on well, this round, so but he's definitely a target for me. I'm happy to hold on to best um, up until that point and maybe make about 150 grand out of that trade. Which who would have thought of that a couple of weeks ago? Absolutely. Uh- so Siva, I reckon, great shout at that price. He's, you know, he could go up to 700, 600k, I should say, before the end of the year. Um, next on the list, I've got Joey Manu. And I know Benny G's uh, bought him a couple of rounds ago. And he's just, um, he's not usually a consistent scorer. But in the last couple of rounds, he really has been um, scoring a, a lot of tries out there for the Chooks. Um, could be a guy uh, that, yeah, as I reckon the Roosters are going to really gear up in this, this back run uh, to the finals. Um, I agree. Joey Marno's never been a guy that you can really trust in the game. But if you look at his, uh, what has he got? Three-round average of 78, five-round of 61. Um, no tons or anything in there. But um, when he scores, he does love a yeah a, a big one. Last three games, 75, 83, 76 with uh, four tries in there. So, I mean, again, you're, you're sort of chasing last week's points a bit. But, um, yeah, aside as quality as the Roosters, it's nice to have a, a guy with their jersey in your side and again like a ad okay you can uh, flick him out for the tougher opposition bring him back in for the broncos and the cowboys and that sort of ilk but yeah um, i guess i had a bit of a look at him when when i saw the run sheet and his his high scores have coincided with the morris twins being out mm -hmm. um with morris back with josh back this week and maybe brett the week after i just have a feeling that could potentially um have an impact on, on his output um so um Probably not for me the next couple of weeks, but definitely a guy to keep an eye on. I think that the Roosters do have a, a pretty nice run home. Yep, next on the list, Jesse Ramey and a guy also a never again after his next. start to the year. Um, again, Sharks have scored the most tries of any team in the comp, so a couple of handy games in their run home, but um, yeah, Ramey can be a bit rocks and diamonds. But last time on this list that I've added, um, very interesting one, and he's been, uh, been a very underrated, I think he's got less than 500 owners, Brian Kelly. Um, from the mighty Gold Coast Titans, obviously tore us up over the weekend and has done that quite a bit. When the, the Titans are on, he invariably is. But um, Brian Kelly, is that a name you thought you'd be talking about 2020 Supercoach? Have you looked into this guy? Just had a quick look before the podcast, mate. Break even of 13, uh, what, three-round average of 73. Um, and a 71 against the Roosters is very impressive, 92 against your boys. And um, the Titans do have games against the Bulldogs and Broncos and St. George to finish the season off. So um, definitely um, could uh, score pretty well against them, but uh, it, it is difficult to trust the Titan back, and particularly Kelly, who has been so hot and cold this season. Well, I mean, you say hot and cold, but for a centre wing, ever since the COVID resumption, he's gone below 41 just once. So he got handful of 70s. You've got that 92 top score last week as well. I don't know. I'm liking what I'm seeing from the Titans and the way that Brims, uh, AJ Brimson fit into that side over the weekend. Um, looked like he hadn't missed a beat. So um, I don't know. With the way that they're playing, a um, couple of away games in this list, which is, um, I don't know, they probably prefer playing up on the coast in nice sunny weather or whatever. But um, I don't know. He's an absolute pod play. He'd be a dart throw. But I think, based on that sort of base he's getting, it's probably not the, the highest of risks. So, I don't know. I think uh, people are looking at the Ewan Aitkins, but maybe it's a Brian Kelly. You don't often uh, talk about a Titans backline member as being a play. But it's the, a crazy old year for Supercoach. So, who so, knows? So I've got another name for you, mate. I'm going to challenge you with a pod. Mm. Um, Ronaldo uh, Militello, I think, is, a, is an option. 
um, particularly if he stays on that right edge for the Sharks. So if you look at his scores since the, the COVID break, 72, 85, 20, 68, and 75 played uh, on the right edge last week with Johnson feeding him the ball. And that was the reason why people got really excited about Katoa as well, uh, with uh, Ronaldo being out. Katoa has had multiple um, doubles, and um, I think he's got three, three tries in one game where he tunned up. Um, so you pretty much got the exact same option there. In Ronaldo, and I, I like him. Uh, break even of nineteen, priced under four hundred k, and the to- and the Sharks have a fantastic run home with games against your boys, the uh, also the Warriors, and they've got uh, and they got the Raiders to finish off the season. And don't forget, they got the Titans this week. Mixed within that, there's a couple of toughies, um, but I think he could be worth a shout and a real pod move. Great call, mate. That is a absolute matchup play if I've ever heard of one. Um, yeah, Sione Katoa is killing it in that position. Ronaldo is killing it when he's there. So um, why not? SJ just looks like he's consistently up. So no, great shout. Hadn't thought of that one. But uh, no, you'll be in the top 10K before you know it with that insight. Pods, mate. Final one on the list here. Um, Because they've been absolutely rubbish so far this year, they might just be due. Who knows? If you sit in like I was last year, 20, 30,000, bringing in Jesse Bromwich, uh, you never know. What's the worst that could happen? But uh, Wonga Blake and Blake Ferguson. So the Blakes, Fergo can't buy a try and uh, Blake can't buy a Supercoach score. But um, either of them, you reckon, have you heard of uh, worse plays than that? Not interested in either, to be honest, mate. I'm no. sorry just to put a dampener on it, but no, not for me. <laughs> Fergo, 311k and absolutely due. I've got green-tinted glasses on right now, so that's why I'm just keen to get along to the next part of the, the podcast. Mate, you reckon I banged on about um, old mate Kotrick for that long Raiders backline I've got down um, as being absolutely rubbish all year, but might be due. But um, yeah, talk me through them then. You're obviously eyeing them off. I know you looked at the Jared Croker of all players this season. Um, you were even contemplating him. Got to be worth a shout, mate. Got to be worth a shout. Um, they play... Um, let's have a look at their games they've got over the next three weeks. They've got the Broncos, Titans, and Bulldogs. Yeah. What, a, what an outstanding um, set of fixtures for a side that has just got John Bateman back. Um, I think that they could probably put on a couple of big scores. They've got two games at home over this period, so um, I think that they're all set for a, a mini Canberra resurgence. So not the, the difficult thing is none of the outside backs have stood up except for CNK, who went big last week, but he's only available at fullback. So you're looking at a Croker, maybe a Rapano, or maybe a Kotrick. So out of those guys, you've got Kotricks and um, all of them really are really cheap. Um, if you think that the Raiders are going to go big in a couple of these games, and maybe the Broncos and the Bulldogs in particular, then um, Croker's base is going to go through the roof. He could, he could, could you know, 50 base points, um, including runs and, and goal kicks, and then he might snag a try. So it could be hitting 80 points over that um, over that period in any one game. Rapano, I haven't really been that um, – I haven't really found that appealing based on what I've seen. I think he, he looks like a guy that's been out of the league. Um, that's exactly what he's playing like, but um, he could also – and then Kotrick is their gun. Um, but, um, you know, he's just probably not getting enough ball, I think. Um, but out of any of those three guys, which one would interest you if you're going to have a crack at it for uh, the next three weeks? Well, the reason I was talking about Kotrick so much is that he's got that tackle-busting ability. Um, he's put it away ever since, I think, basically COVID resumed and he's basically gotten worse and worse. Had a bit of a brief run around 8 and 9, Dragons and Storm, 67, 79. But um, outside of that, it's just been very, very underwhelming. But again, like what's the, the motto? Buy low, sell high. Um if you're going to ever own a Raider this year, might as well be now, given that run you mentioned. So out of all of them, Croker's barely cracked 50, I think maybe twice this year. Um, Rapano, yeah. Minimal tries though as well. So he's still got a pretty high base. Yeah, but I mean, he's not scoring for a reason. I think it might just be a bit past him. Raiders aren't putting sides away either, so they're not going to have massive games where he kicks a lot of goals, I wouldn't suspect. Uh, past him, mate. He's 29. I'm six years older than him. Excuse you. Right, I'm just too wary of the time I saw him on the Cloudland dance floor um, by <laughs> like looking down on him as he tripped over, having done his uh, third or fourth AC or whatever it might be. But no, fair oh, call. Right. Only 29. He feels like he's been around for ages. But um, no, out of all of them, I'd be uh, looking Cotrick's way. Hope you do get him I in and he, he kills it. I bet he can't hit a three utility iron like me. <laughs> mate, one shot doesn't. Uh, doesn't oh, that's bullshit. He like three in a row off that. And no one was around to see it. Isn't that mysterious? <laughs> you were. 
wasn't watching. And that's all that matters to me. <laughs> I believe, mate, there's a good golfer in there. As long as you've got your seven iron back, hey, I didn't mention that, but <laughs> you managed to get that one down from the trees. Uh, the gap word, excuse you. Oh, geez, I was, uh, yeah, completely got that story wrong, didn't I? You did, you did. Um, funny story there. Um, there's something I'm missing on the podcast. I haven't been listening to him lately. There you go. I've been able to absolutely feed it to you while you've been away. But uh, anyway, let's move on from centre wing. Actually, before we do, who are you locking in? So I've gone the three that I've, I've called as locks, Yo, Nofo, Lomax. And I reckon I'm going to swap around Sivo and Josh Adokar to see the year out. Uh, maybe Brian yeah. Kelly. I don't know. See how he goes this week. But um, either of those three, I reckon, as for, for matchup plays, I reckon on their day, they're fantastic. So yeah, that's I reckon I'll go with those five and then Nuff the, the other two. I've already got two Nuffs in, so I reckon I'm set. What about you? Yeah, look, I'll be running with those three plus Katoa this week. And if Katoa stays on that left edge, I'll be trading him out. Um, and I'll be having a good look at who I can bring in. It might be one of the, the Panthers guys or it might be one of the Raiders um, guys, just, just depending on the matchups. And then uh, we'll be looking to bring in Sebo after that matchup against the Storm. Um, and then I should have a, a pretty good five um, locked in there. Sounds good, mate. Who oh to hold Munster or not to hold? That's the uh, the question number six here. So, that I've so we're down. both owners, are we? We are, yeah. We, I bought him uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think, against maybe was it you guys or something. Brought him in for that one. Um, didn't curse him, didn't kill him straight away. It took a couple of weeks, but it got there in the end. But um, yeah, he's he's been pretty solid this year. He hasn't had many huge games like we know Munster can do. But um, now it's the conundrum because everyone brought him in last week for the Bulldogs game. Um, 68 or whatever, 70-odd before he went off with injury. It's only two to three weeks, which I think is a, a huge thing. If it was you know, three to four, I reckon you'd, you're probably more inclined to sell him. But um, I've got down a couple of pros and cons here for whether we should hold or not. I'll um, go through the pros first, add any if you uh, don't hear them. So, so just sorry, just before we move, has there been any confirmation for how long he'll be out for? Uh, it's still the two to three weeks. So I think that um, was the standard time frame. Physio might have uh, looked at historical returns yeah. from that. And is it the same same leg that he hurt himself on um, just before that? I'm not Wilfred, mate, so unfortunately cannot answer that one for you, buddy. We'll assume it is, though, hey. So, yeah, it could be more to the three mark. But um, in any case, week's a week. Pros, though, Um Misses out the couple of tough games that we mentioned, the Roosters and the Eels coming up there. Might be a blessing in disguise. Um, who knows? But at least we don't have to worry about uh, whether he's a player on those matchups. Um, then has Manly, Souths, Cows, Tigers, Dragons on return, who are, you know, not toughest of opposition this year. And you'd imagine Bellamy will have those Stormers firing for the back end. Um, absolutely season-long hold. Don't think you need to worry about that. Um, you can fix other issues. While uh, if you're running the SJ and Cleary combination, I think having those two guys locked in just makes it so much easier. You can move your reserves around elsewhere. Um, so, you know, having a gun 5.8, halfback, whatever it might be, isn't such a necessity this year, I don't think, particularly given second row is just stacked this this year. It's, it's impossible to pick. Um, and, yeah, there's other trade-out options who we'll get to for him are, are pretty risky, uh, maybe outside of D. CE for now, but um, yeah, there's no one that's screaming the house down to be brought in. So that's the or pros. Well, there could be. We'll go through them, but um, no one that I could really see. So that's the pros there. Um, anything you wanted to add? No, I, I'd just say that the, the one of the biggest pros that he, he's, a, he's a keeper and he's someone that you want um, for the run home. Could be back earlier, and then um, all you you're left doing then is scrambling to to bring him into the side, which I was, and the reason why I. Could be so long to get him because there's lots of other trades I need to make. So finally managed to get him into my side and, and now I'm looking at potentially trading him out. Very cool. Um, trade out. So the cons, why we should be moving him on. Uh, break even of 91. So even on his return, probably not really going to go anywhere uh, if he, even if he has a, a pretty handy game. So, you know, you're not urgently trying to bring him in and, you know, uh, move the deck chairs around to try and squeeze him back in. Um, a trade to DCE, who we did mention, would be a pod move at this stage of the year, particularly for the run home that DCE has, Tigers, Dogs, Titans, Warriors. Um, although we caveat that by saying Turbo might be back for those ones, and we know DCE has not scored quite as well with him in the side. Um, those are the cons there, and I guess as well you just sort of got 600-odd 
640, I think he is, sitting on the sidelines um, over that period. So if you don't have the, you know, the gun second rows I was talking about, or, you know, everyone's got a, or most people have a hooking issue at the moment with Grant and Smith out. Um, Lots of people have a hooking issue. Yeah, certainly do. So yeah, maybe you can't, um, you know, fill his spot with someone dependable. Maybe you're looking at a Toby Rudolph. And if that's the case, then uh, yeah. I'd uh, see the merit in moving him on. But, um, mate, should we just go on the options here? I've, I've listed, what was it, six or seven here that you could uh, potentially replace him with. Um, DC, we mentioned, halfback only, 564K. Uh, great run home, I think, is his main um, pro here. Uh, he's been quite handy ever since Turbo's gone out. Don't have the stats in front of me, but, um, you know, he's, he's scoring 60s, 70s, 80s for fun. Have very heavy involvement in that that um, manly attack when you've got a guy like, you know, Lachlan Croker and that floating around him, Cade Cust, uh, he's definitely going to be the focal point. So DCE, he, uh, yeah, very much a pod play at this stage of the year, but a handy one at that. Anything else for DCE? No, but I kind of feel like you've almost missed the boat because um, mm. as soon as as Turbo comes into that side. So not that he becomes irrelevant, but he doesn't have the goal kicking. He's not going to be the number one playmaker. Um, I just can feel that he'll lose some attacking stats. Um, uh, but in saying that, he's, he's, he's a great shout um, to cover Munster while he's out. Yeah, just look at his stats before uh, Turbo went down. He had two, no, one try assist in the first six rounds with Turbo. Oh, and then without him... We, we could- we called it, mate. It was the same as last year as well. He, he, he averaged, I think, 70 with ter- without Turbo and it was back down to about 40 so with him. So it makes a massive difference. There's a, there's a big enough sample to show, I think it was down around what, the low 400s when we said great time to get on mm-hmm. uh, and, and neither of us did as per usual. His lowest score in that run was against the Cowboys of all teams, 41, including a try. Bizarre. Defend, defensive warriors we are. Uh, next option, I've got Dylan Brown. Um, dual flexibility, which is handy, 544K, so you can bring him in 5.8 there. Um, only thing is, I reckon he's had a great run so far this year, but now he's got to share the role. And Wilfred pointed this out in his rap article for the week, but um, the fact that Gutho and Moses are now back just means there's so many chefs in that kitchen. So whether uh, Brown can continue to get a lion's share of those attacking stats is the question. Um, There'll be weeks where he goes down and the other two go up. I think that's just the nature of how that side will play. Um, Brown has outpointed Moses a lot. I think seven out of 10 games or or 12 games, something like that, something crazy where uh, we would normally expect a Moses to be with goal kick and all that, getting the, uh, you know, the the higher ceiling than Brown, but it's been Brown's year. But um, yeah, I think he's uh, probably missed the boat. Having Moses out was good for him. Having him back, probably not so. But um, any love still from you for Dylan Brown? No, I think you're right there. Missed the boat. And same with Moses as well. I, um, I think there's just too many chefs in that kitchen to, to feed uh, from the attacking side of things. So um, I'm um, yeah, not too keen on either of those guys, despite how cheap Moses is. Yeah, it's at 100-odd-K, 105K cheaper than Dylan Brown. But, um, yeah, he's uh can be underwhelming at times. Um, another couple here, the, the probably very uh, high-risk, high-reward, I guess, Um Cody Walker, I mentioned him first, below 500k, um, which just shows he might have had a few rocks in his last couple of games, but um, 5.8 only, so you can swap him directly for Munster. Um, as we mentioned, Souths have got a reasonable run, gets tougher as the year goes on, but um, for now, anyway, Cody, he's got a great matchup this week, and given it's a, we're probably thinking short-term play with Munster, it might not be the worst shout, cows manly over the next couple of weeks. Um, but again, Cody Walker's just buyer beware. Um, who knows what you're going to get week to week with this guy. Uh, I think if you're chasing points, yep, target him. Great guns. But if you're um, just wanting to be safe, I don't reckon he's a buy. Yeah, I think also just, um, I don't know, a lot of these guys, are kind of, if you're going to be trading out a, a month or two, you probably want locked in points for the next couple of weeks um, because you're going to want to get Munster back in. So any of these guys that if you're looking at a Walker example, he's got a great matchup this week, but then plays Manly, Para, can you, and the Storm. Can you play him for any of those games? Yeah, I mean, I probably wouldn't, but then you might have Munster back at that stage anyway, so you don't have to make that. You can trade him back out. But um, Which, which is, I think it's a point, so you just kind of, I'd rather just hold on to Munster and hold the trade. Yep, and, that's cool. and you're talking about your, your Raiders love fest before, mate. Uh, Jack Whiten, I think I saw you bring his name up before, 437K, 5'8 only. Um, mentioned fantastic run, but um, 
if he can have the form he did in the first, what was it, 100 minutes of this season where he absolutely killed it, uh, yeah, I could see him as an option. But um, I don't know. I thought he might go have a little bit of a bounce back without Hodgson there being more of a focal point. Hasn't really happened. But um, again, the Raiders could be ones to click into gear. Like Cody Walker, though, you, like, you've got to trust that he's going to go large and I just don't think you can. So does that rule him out? No, not for me. I'm bringing him in. Um Simple as that. I've already made the trade. It's going to happen, mate. Munster to, to White and I've locked it in. Just talking about what you said when, when Hodgson's out. So just remember that um, since round nine, they've played the Storm, um, Roosters, Souths, Cowboys, and um, Penrith. So there's only one easy game in there, and that was against the Cowboys. The rest <laughs> of them is pretty, pretty as, as hard as you're going to get that fixture. Up ahead, they've got the mighty Broncos, the mighty Titans, and the mighty Bulldogs, mate. Um, as I said before, two games at home. I can just see him going bananas, um, and and I think the way that I'm looking at it, priced at 437k, um, I can make um, about what almost 200k out of that trade of of Munster to to Whiten, and the, and the hope is that he can turn up um, once or maybe twice over the next two weeks as being the main focal point attack for the Raiders um, and then look to trade Munster back in um, in round 17 if, if that's how the injury plays out. So short-term hold on um, on Wiseman. But in saying that, he's also got games against the Dragons, um, the Warriors and the Sharks to finish off the season. So it's just that difficult one about the Roosters. So there, there is a genuine possibility that um, he could blow up over the end of the season with that fixture. And he's done it before. He has done it before. Um, one interesting spanner, though, is John Bateman's return. So he's been back the last couple of weeks there and looks to be definitely just wanting the ball in hand and forming a decent combination over last week with um, George Williams, who almost scored a try of his own. So I don't know, I'd be a little concerned there that the Raiders favoured that um, right side attack as opposed to Whiten, who hangs around a bit more on the on the left. So I'm happy with it, mate. I um, don't even need to talk about it. Just Fair enough. Give me all right. Lucky me. Lucky me. I like it. All righty. Um, 12,000 out there. These are the moves you've got to kind of make, I think. Why not? Make it a bit of fun. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Whatever. We move on. And we move on to the last name in this list, AJ Brimson. He uh, tore my side to shreds over the weekend. Uh, had a tough old game of it coming back from his back injury against the Roosters. You can write that one off. But last week, he's not going to turn up every week. But, geez, he just looked just looked so good for the Titans. Um, sweeping around in the back plays, which fullbacks get scored every day of the week in Supercoach this year. Um 300, what is he, 360K fullback 5'8 jewel, which could be handy, you never know. But um, it, it is a case of chasing last week's points. Um, he'll go up in price a fair bit over the coming weeks, so it's also a little cash grab, so I can see the merit in it. Um, but again, it's it's a, a Titans player and not, you know, to the eye, it doesn't look great in your side, three break even. Um, I can see a lot to like there, but... Um, I don't know, you're sort of banking about 300-odd K with this trade. Um, that is a hell of a lot of cash. And a guy like Brimson, who's a pod play, you just never know. So I don't know, if you're tossing up between a guy like Whiten, who you're set on, why not Brimson? Uh, injuries. Yeah. Uh, I think Brimson's missed a lot of the year and um, I'd just rather back a guy in like Whiten who has um, previously shown that he's got the ability to go just huge. Um, and I'm, I'm just going to pull up the stats um, from last year, but from memory he had a, a massive stretch where he just went absolute bananas. Um, just trying to find that now. But, he, yeah, he had a, he's had plenty of 90s in, in the last few weeks and he had, a, I think he had a stretch where he was averaging five-round average of around about 70 or 80. Um, so he does have the ability and um, I, I like to see him pick on some of those crappier teams too. Uh, a bit of a downhill scale or, or Jack White. And so um, locking him into my side. Oh, fair call. Um, all on the board with the Titans though, mate. I reckon it'd be going AJ if I had to make the call. But um, personally, just holding on to Munster, I've got decent coverage elsewhere. And mate, you've added a, one last segment in here before uh, we probably gear out. Uh, late minute addition, I'll let you run with it. Yeah, let's just take two minutes to go through this because I've just looked at the time and I've still got to write that freaking analysis. So... Um, <laughs> um, and uh, I guess, sorry, just on Munster as well, the reason why I'm, I'm probably going to trade him out as well is because I'm already hang, hanging on to Cameron Smith. So to, to have 1.2 million plus um, sitting on the bench doing absolutely nothing is um, probably not the wisest move 
for me uh, and with plenty of AE um, issues or any, uh, lots of MPRs out there, I, I need to – I'm kind of running out of players, mate, so I need to, to move Munster on, unfortunately. Um, okay, so let's move on to, to part seven of the pod. It's been a big one. Um, do we grab high BE players like Bateman and Matto? Both of those have got BEs over 100. I'll get your, your two-minute take on this. Uh, I own both of them, so I don't need to worry about um, these trades. Brought in Bateman last week. I think for his matchup this week, it's a terrific one. Um, a guy, these guys, you can sort of just ignore break evens. I reckon um, they're going to go up. They're going to be at this price for the rest of the year. They might drop it, you know, twenty, thirty k. But at this stage of the year, you should have enough cash. You should be able to make enough cash with enoughs and the like to um, to afford them. I don't think you should really be looking at price. Trying to play cute. Um, Maddo is a, an interesting one given the whole headache situation but a guy like John Bateman this week is a week you want him for um, I reckon he could be a very big shout might even clear that break even if he uh, gets across the stripe so ignore the break sure, even yeah. Maddo yeah, more of a uh, could be a watch and higher priced so I mean if you're going to buy either of them this week I'd be going Bateman but um, yeah. happy to have both well I, I think Maddo also have a, a BE over the hundreds as well next week even with like a 70 or an 80 the the Maddo thing you kind of just want to watch i reckon just with the concussion hanging around make sure he gets through this round and he's he's okay and then if he, he does then i'll be looking to bring him in next week for maybe it's someone like a brandon smith who i've um, brought in as a cover for cameron smith and, and flip mckinnis into into hooker that's probably the move that i look like to do um and bateman absolutely uh, be looking to get him next week. Sorry if I said Maddo's abatement next week and then Maddo probably the week after would be look, how I'd be looking to stage things if I can. Um, but, yeah, Bateman is a great shout with that matchup. He could go big in any of those games. Jeez, that second row is absolutely stacked there. You've got guys like Torhu Harris, um, Lolo, um, McInnes. Like, it's just overflowing. We need more um, front row or second row duels anyway. All right, so what are we doing with our captains and trades this week? Um, I'm going to hand off to you. What trades are you making first off? Uh, cheapy gun, Will Kennedy out, enough in for him. I think Benny Trebojevic, welcome to the team. And Harry Grant out, Cam McKinnis in at second row, uh, at hooker, I should say. And I'll uh, flip him down to Cam Smith when he returns. Um, VCing Nathan Cleary against the Warriors this week. And captaining Ponger, Arvo game against Manly. Um, Interesting. Could be, yeah, it is chasing last week's points, but um, means I can't VC Teddy this week. So, um, yeah, it was an interesting one. I looked at the matchup against the Storm, and if Teddy's going to get up for any of it, it'll be against these guys. So, I don't know. I think um, Pong is going to have a lot of captains, which means Teddy becomes less of a less of a, you can't VC him because you've got a captain Ponga. So, um, I don't know. Maybe uh, I'll, I'll think about it leading up to the game. But um, anyway, that's what I've gone for now. What about you, mate? Are you looking at Teddy VC? Thinking about it, so start with my captains for the week. I'm looking looking at that, but probably realistically, well, there's two options here. How big are my balls? Um, if they're, I don't know, mate. Okay, if they're normal size, I won't do this. If they're enlarged and whatever, um, I don't really know. Well, <laughs> an hour in, and this is where it gets to. <laughs> anyway, big balls move would be VC Cleary, Captain Whiten. Um, that that's the that's the big balls move. Um, normal size move is probably um, going to VC Teddy Captain Cleary. I'd say um, uh, can plenty of options for AE if um, if uh, if Teddy goes big. The one thing that does concern me about Teddy is he really has struggled without a lot of those guns in. So no Crichton, no Cordner, um, no um, Radley. These guys, oh, the Morris twins, these guys being out, he's just, it seems it's really impacted his um, output um, and they still aren't there. So I'm a little bit concerned about that. Cleary is just in sensational form. So um, I think that you can lock him in as a captain pretty confidently. Um, interested about your Ponga move. It's not one that I'd actually thought about, but um, we got one week of sample last week with man um, shifting into hooker and, and look what we get from a Ponga. So um, yeah, not a bad shout there, I think. Yeah, I mean, mainly you've got uh, Thompson and Sirenen back as well who should firm up their defensive line a bit. But, um, yeah, I mean, Ponga looked like he'd turned a corner. When Weather pending, I reckon. Uh, we saw how bad New South Wales was last week. Hopefully it's sunny skies this time around, which would make Ponga even more of an option. But, I mean, he carved up in the wet last week. So, I don't know. I'll uh, put the faith in him. 
And then for my trades this week, two big ins, both Raiders. I'll be looking to ship out um, Katoa. He's he's done a really, really good job this year, been a fantastic cow, uh, and also Munster, as discussed. Got to look to bring in big boy Josh Papali. I think um, he's got um, a really good fixture ahead and has been He's a definite keeper in your front row, got the ability to score a try and well-priced. So we're bringing him in, shifting Carrigan down to my second row uh, and then going to bring in Jack Whiten for a bit of a gamble uh, play for a couple of weeks while, um, while months is that. You love a gamble, mate. I can absolutely understand it. Make or break. I know when to fold him. <laughs> Righty-o. That's it, mate. That's I've it. got nothing else. <laughs> I wanted to finish the podcast, and now that you're a um, now that you're a, a, a new Carlton Blues member, I'd like you to finish the podcast with their song. Oh, I've never watched a game, so I do not know um, how that goes. So please enlighten me while I take my headphones off. I'm just so disappointed in you right now. <laughs> well, they they don't often win, so you don't often hear this uh, this song, do you? Yeah, but three of your closest mates are Carlton supporters, mate. I've- closest. Oof. <laughs> Colleagues. That's it. I played golf with all four of you while the game was on. You didn't watch it. Um, you went home without knowing the score with the AFL thing, and then I don't think it ended well, did it? No. Oh, they played pretty well, mate. It's all right. All good. There you go, mate. Good attitude. Anyway, thanks for that. No worries. Okay. <laughs> well, I've got to go do stuff now, and you've got to go do stuff, so I guess we'll all go do stuff. And done. Oh, to the one listener still hanging on, we appreciate your support. Hang it up, mate. Hang up. Yeehaw. Yeah. All right. See you guys. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 